Welcome to the Enrooted Podcast, the landowner podcast to provide you with inspiration, new perspectives, and quick tips for your forest management and land ownership journey. All right, so last week we talked about the very beginning of our three-part series on succession, and we talked about whether you should sell the land or keep the land that you have just inherited, whether you've inherited it from your father, mother, grandfather, grandmother, or spouse. You now have this decision of whether we keep or decide to sell the land, and if you haven't heard that uh, episode, I definitely recommend going to check that out right after you listen to this. Actually, go check it out before you listen to this, because this will make so much more sense after you kind of have gone through that decision-making. All right, but today is going to be part two, where we're going to be talking about whether to subdivide the land or not. Now, last episode, again, I talked about for you making the decision whether you are going to sell or keep this land that you have inherited. And in this part, in this discussion, we are going to be focusing more about your consideration for the future, assuming that you haven't been given clear guidelines through a will or some type of estate plan that dictates that your land will either stay together or be divided amongst you and your siblings or whoever, that you have have this entire piece of property, this entire tract, and you are trying to make the best and most wise decision moving forward. And a lot of that time, it does come down to do we keep it as one whole unit between our family and manage it together? Or do we decide to just give each person their own percentage, their own acreage, their own lots, or even buy out people perhaps? So today we're going to be talking about to subdivide the land or not. And I want to set up everything with Luke chapter 12, verse 13 through 15. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Now, why am I setting up part two with this? Because when it comes to land, when it comes to anything really with inheritance, for whatever reason, family gets really funny. Despite how much you say you're not going to fight and we don't want to argue and we don't want to, you know, get into these weird fights and debates over somewhat petty things. Earthly things are petty things, essentially. We can't help it. Death makes people weird. Land with an inherited death usually makes people weird. And so despite what everyone may be saying, like, no, we're not going to fight over it. We're going to agree. That's not always the case here. And in Luke, it sets everything up to make sure that you are watching yourself. This is for a self-reflection, but also with your other family members to watch out and be on guard against all kinds of greed here. And again, I just wanted to set everything else up because it's funny how that one sibling who never really cared much about the land, you know, as soon as it's inherited and you're trying to decide what to do with it, all of a sudden now cares greatly about making sure they get their percentage, their acreage, that one side of the road, that river view, or their fair value from the land. All right, so just kind of be on guard, use discernment through all this. But the rest of the discussion is going to be whether you decide to subdivide or not for the land. And mostly 
I come into these types of thoughts and self-reflections and decision makings when I have parents or even myself and you're looking at your kids. You are trying to prepare for that next generation. But you can also take this into consideration with your own siblings if you are trying to decide whether you and your siblings are going to keep the land and manage it together or not. So I have three points that we're going to go through. And the first one is going to be acreage size. All right. Depending on how big your land is, how much acreage are you actually working here is going to more or less probably be a deal breaker, in my opinion, on whether subdividing or not is a wise decision. Now, if you've been listening to me for any amount of time, you know I talk about small landowner challenges and small landowners are anything considered 40 acres and less. So if you are already dealing with 40 acres or less, unless you plan on building a a home site, a small homestead, my advice would be to not subdivide it. Now that does not mean you have to listen to it because there's a ton of other things you can consider. There's a lots of variables that are, are involved with this as well. Um, and we're gonna be talking about at least another, an, a different variable in just a few moments. But acre size should take uh, a ton of weight when trying to make this decision. If you have thousands of acres, subdividing it will not be nearly as big of a deal because you will each still have a large amount of land that can be managed and diversified very, very effectively for each of you for all your different goals. If you have hundreds of acres, you know, it's still a possibility, but the smaller you divide it up, the smaller and more it gets fragmented and, and fractioned, the more difficult it will be to get any type of work done, which is why I always give warnings about small landowner challenges. Not saying you can't get work done, not saying it's not wise to still manage that property, just giving you realistic expectations that it will be more difficult to do things more traditionally in regards to forest management and land management work. So purposely creating those small landowner challenges, in my opinion, is not particularly wise unless you have very unique, atypical, or niche type of goals. Very homestead goals, very unique uh, niche markets you're trying to get into, or if you just simply wanted to create your own home site and you're not necessarily concerned about the rest of the property, then subdividing it might be a great option despite what that acreage size is. But if you're looking to continue doing your forest management or land management in some type of traditional capacity, then I would be on high alert and on guard for subdividing anything smaller than 40 acres. The next heavy consideration that needs to be taken into account is the number of divisions. Are you trying to decide just between two kids or between you and a brother or you and a sister? If you're just looking to split it in half, that is you know, something completely different than perhaps four kids or four of you siblings. Dividing 100 acres by four now gives everyone 25 acres, which puts everyone into that boat of the small landowner challenge that I just warned you about. Even though at first you guys had some land to be able to split up. Sticking with that 100 acre example, if you have 100 acres and it's just you and a brother, or if you're looking at your kids, um, two, two brothers perhaps, splitting in half, 50 acres each, you're getting a little borderline, but still very feasible, very plausible to be able to divide that up perfectly fine. Now, there is one scripture passage I did also want to read here, and we're going to be jumping over to Numbers 33, verse 54. And it says, distribute the land by lot 
according to your clans. To a larger group, give a larger inheritance, and to a smaller group, a smaller one. Whatever falls to them by lot will be theirs. Distribute it according to your ancestral tribes. All right, so there were a couple key words here that I really wanted to point out. Where it says, to a larger group, a larger inheritance. To a smaller group, a smaller inheritance. Okay, here in numbers, what strikes me is that the appropriate inheritance for each group was not necessarily the same. Now, because I wanted to bring this up now was because the way I've been talking about subdividing it was assuming everyone gets an exact equal amount of acreage. Everyone gets an exact equal amount of land. Always assuming, because it's our natural tendency, that the amount of land equals the same as value of land, which is simply not the case. And so other considerations when dividing it and the number of times to divide it is too, is that value of land. Someone that's getting a lot of irrigated land has a much greater value than someone that's getting maybe some hardwood gullies where they're not going to be able to do nearly as much. So perhaps the person that's taking irrigated land gets a smaller tract as a whole or smaller percentage than those that are getting the more unoperable, traditionally unoperable land. All right. And so though you may be dividing it, say, four times, it doesn't necessarily always mean it has to be divided equally. The 100 acre example, you divide it four times, I automatically said giving everyone 25 acres just does not make sense. But this is also when you take into everyone's goals and purposes of what they're looking to do with the land. Say that 100 acres is on a a river view and someone just wants to build a nice home site, have a little bit of family history. Perhaps they take five acres and they are very happy that five acre river view front is probably worth almost as much as the rest of the property, if I'm honest, depending on where the river is and where it's located and the rest of the land, of course. But they've got maybe just as much value from that little bit of acreage as maybe someone that got unirrigated pasture land, but it's flat. All right, so maybe they take a greater percentage. Maybe they take 45 acres so they can continue haying it for some reason. So now we're out 50 acres already. We still got two more people we are dividing it by because we're sticking with this four person division example here. So we have 50 acres left and we still have two people. Well, then we have to decide of, you know, what are their purposes? You can still split that 25 and 25 if they just want to split it equally. Or, you know, perhaps again, someone else just wants a simple home site or maybe that third person or fourth person might give up their rights to the the other sibling or they can decide to manage together. There's a lot of different options here, but I just wanted to show a very muddied picture I'm realizing now of how you can look at these divisions, but not necessarily looking at the exact same number for everybody because the exact same does not mean equal equal acreage for everybody across the board does not mean appropriate and that is scriptural from what numbers reads to me the fact that it says distribute the land according to the clans larger groups get larger inherited smaller groups gets a smaller one you know it is wise to give what is appropriate to different individuals based on their circumstances based on their size based on their goals and purposes not everyone's going to have the same And it doesn't necessarily mean that you need the same amount of land to reach those same amount of goals. 
So, to, just as a recap real quick, since I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole there, is things you need to consider when deciding to subdivide or not is acreage size and number of divisions. How much is it going to be split up? The more you split it up, the more probably unwise it's going to be. Now, maybe you're just splitting up between you and your sister, your brother, um, but then you are looking at your kids and you have three kids. You know, what are you going to be doing moving forward with the three kids? You've already split up this 100 acres. We'll stick with that example um, in half, just making it easy, 50-50 each. So now you have 50 acres, but you have three kids. What are you going to be doing in the future? And this is where these other options might be really wise and a good consideration for you. So what are they? One, you don't necessarily have to pass the land equally to everybody. This is especially true if you have maybe some um, kids or some siblings who have no interest in the land. Perhaps they can get value from different assets in the inheritance. Perhaps there's a stock portfolio. Perhaps there's, you know, renter traditional real estate that you have no interest in and they have a much stronger interest in. You know, you can divide your family assets differently. Not everyone has to necessarily get that piece of land and still get a same value of inheritance. So that's one thing to consider, especially when you're looking at your own kids, is are all the kids, in my example, I have three, would all three kids want to participate in this land? Do they all have the capabilities? Do they all have those interests? And will they all be able to get along appropriately? If the answer is yes, and they all have those interests, and same thing with you and your siblings, then what else can you do? You can decide to simply work together. You can all put your individual names on there and have, you know, your percentage of the title, a third percentage, a 50%, a 25%, depending on how many of y'all there are. And you can all just choose to be equal owners of this land. Now, personally, the more of y'all there is, I wouldn't necessarily find this a very wise decision because how often are all of y'all going to agree? And if y'all have those equal percentage rights, onto the land, um, you're probably not going to be able to get a lot done. And the second thing to also be worried about is, you know, legal concerns. We all love our siblings. We all love our family, but we want to make sure that the other's legal personal aspects does not put the land at risk. And so that what's, that's what ties into points two is you can look at different legal entities to set up. You have partnerships, you have LLCs, and you have trusts that you can create for your land. And that way, all of the family members get to participate with the land without it necessarily being tied to someone's personal or financial or legal interests. So again, for example, this is how a lot of heirs issues can begin is when you don't designate or kind of line up your estate plan appropriately, say brother Joe out there gets into a car wreck, racks up all of this debt, and it's not able to pay, and so they put a lien on the land. Well, he has, say, a 50% rights to the land that was not placed in any type of LLC or partnership or trust that protected it from his legal issues, and now they can technically put a lien on that land that he had rights to because it wasn't separated from him and his personal identity. So that's where these partnerships and LLCs and trust factors and entities can come to great wise tools for you to utilize when there's a lot of you 
when you're trying to protect your land from anybody else, as well as it also protects from anything happening on your land to your personal life. So it is a, a double-sided coin of protection. You and your other family members, um, any type of misfortunes bleeding over to your land and any misfortunes from the land bleeding over to you personally. And so this is what I would highly advise looking into if there's more than one person you are passing the land onto and you choose not to subdivide. Or if the acreage is just maybe too small or not wise to subdivide. Now, what are the differences between partnerships and LLCs and trusts? Well, I'm not a lawyer here. I do work with state planning lawyers like Veronica McClendon with McClendon Law Firm out of Macon, Georgia, and she participates in a lot of my different trainings, giving the advice of how to determine which might be best for you. I highly recommend going to check her out. Um, but short, she'll give the pros and cons of like, what are the pros of setting up a trust? What are the cons of setting up a trust? What are the pros of LLCs versus partnerships? How do you kind of have these discussions very similar to what I teach you on how to understand forestry jargon, forestry opportunities and responsibilities so you can go out and find your best forester, your best programs that align with you and start asking those right questions. She does the same thing. She has a lot of great free webinars. She does a lot of social media uh, quick tips and lives that you can definitely dive into and start navigating which of these entities might be best for you. And so when it, when it comes down to, do we divide the land up amongst us or do we keep it whole? Only you are going to be able to answer that question by having some good discussion with your family members, trying to determine if everyone wants rights to the land equally. If so, how much acreage do you have? Is it wise? Is it ideal to actually subdivide this land? Or is that just going to cause more challenges across the whole? Um, do we need to subdivide the land equally? Is it perhaps just a very special sensitive area that someone has interest in that you can cut out and keep the rest intact? Or do you want to look into these different entities, these different options of working together and ensuring that land can kind of pass down from one generation to the next? despite what the number of siblings or future kids and grandkids might be, because you are more or less ensuring that any of those potential family disputes can be settled in, in these different ways. So this is just your quick, quick and dirty list of things to look into for helping you recognize whether you should subdivide or not the land. If it is a wise decision for you, and what are the two major things you need to consider rather than just being like, I'm going to split this with my brother. I'm going to split this for my kids off the back. What do you really need to sit through and figure out before you automatically assume everyone will get their equal slice of the pie? Because remember, the more you slice the pie, the smaller the pieces get. And that makes it more and more difficult to get anything done and will honestly reduce the chance that the land will either stay in the family or the land will even stay in trees. So I hope this was helpful for you in thinking through your own land inheritance or considerations for your future if you're passing it down to your kids of how you might want to approach passing it down to them, whether everyone gets a piece of the pie um, or if you are subdividing it differently or if you're choosing to set up some type of entity for them that will make them able to keep it within the family unit as a whole without the, the worries of fragmentation. 
Stay tuned till next week where we will go over part three and I will explain to you what do you actually need to have before passing on the land? What do you need to keep up with? What do you need to do when passing on your land? Till next time.